Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the newest episode of Crunch Time with Cruck. We took last week off. I was at the hair salon dyeing my hair. <laughs> took a longer than expected to get that done, but we're back and we're ready for some more sports talk. As always, join the table with Mad Max. Max, how you doing? Good, Cruck. How you doing? Pretty good myself. You know, it's an exciting week here at Avalon University. It is, yeah. It's homecoming week, and we've got a lot of steep competition. We we're going to get to that later. Mm-hmm. But as usual, we're going to start off with two sections of football, MLB postseason, and then we're going to wrap up with Avalon News. So let's get right into football. Max, what's the first game you want to talk about? So, yeah, Crook, I'm going to start talking about NFL here. I mean, I'm going to talk about quickly some of the matchups from last week, just some scores. Um, talk about it, the Cardinals. I'll tell you, the only undefeated team left in the NFL right now. They, they won the game 37-20 to 20 over the Rams. Um, big game, though, obviously, last, last week was the Buccaneers and Patriots. That was a big game last week um, with Tom Brady for finally arriving back to New England after all those years, after those glory. It was a close game, sloppy game. 19-17 they won, but obviously Brady pulled away throwing only 269 yards overall as a whole but this week's matchups crook i gotta look at this game the browns versus the chargers it's an intriguing game for me i think both teams right now are three and one i think right now looking at the chargers they're a team that's looking like a dangerous team the afc they haven't in the past couple years because the chiefs have always been that team but now it looks like the chargers they they just beat the chiefs last week coming up they just came back one monday night football this team right now justin herbert is looking like a team i want to watch especially the running back austin eckler that guy, if you haven't got this guy on your fantasy team, I think you better start looking at this man. This guy is a small, got a small each back kind of running back, but he's like very big, Crook. He can run pretty through the tackles and everything. And I'm still thinking about how the matchup will be between Mayfield and Herbert. That's going to be the key. Which quarterback will be more successful in this game? I think will win. Overall, Crook, I think the Chargers are going to win this game. They're at home. I think that their defense, especially, is going to make some plays and beat the Browns. So. That's one game looking at. What game are you looking at here for this week? Uh, looking at this week, I'm going to touch on the game that just happened. Uh, the Rams beat the Seahawks. I had, uh, I'm had i in a you know weekly pick league for about $10. <laughs> I had the Rams winning that game. Uh, they went out. Russell Wilson, one of my favorite quarterbacks because he went to my – you know, one of my favorite colleges, University of Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Uh, he ended up dislocating his finger and then wow. put it back into place the next play. Um, you know, got subbed out because Smith, yeah. obviously yeah. they needed to check out his hand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the backup QB went in, had a touchdown late in the game. They just couldn't bring it any closer. Stafford's been on a roll with the Rams, and yeah. I'd like to see him keep that up. Uh, but another game that I do think will be a close game I believe that the Panthers and the Eagles game hmm. is going to be a lot closer than people expect. Okay. The Panthers are 3-1, and one, but I honestly, looking at the people that they have played, it's not that steep not a competition. Steep competition. Yeah. Looking at the Eagles, I mean, they're 1-3. and three. They have the opposite record, but they were hanging in there with the Chiefs, and the Chiefs mm-hmm. are a top three Super Bowl pick. So I think the Eagles, you know, they've also played the Cowboys, if mm-hmm. memory serves correct. So, I mean... They have a really tough schedule. That's why they're one and three. But I think that the Panthers had the easy schedule, and that's why you know it's going to be such a good game. One more game that I want to touch on. You know, I wouldn't be a true Bears fan if I didn't talk about it. But the Bears are taking on the Raiders, prime time on Sunday. Um, you know, the Bears are two and two. The Raiders are three and one. I think the Raiders are going to win, but I think the Raiders are going to have a tougher time against the Bears' defense than yeah. what they expect. The Bears' offense, you know, 
they finally gave enough confidence to Justin Fields to Absolutely. give him that starting spot. You know, he's been it, playing it under is. the cloud of, you know, mm-hmm. when Dalton gets back, you're done. But they finally said, hey, this is your team now. So I'd like to see him get the run game more activated because, I mean, David Montgomery, he's going to run through a brick wall, and then he's going to run back through it just for mm-hmm. the fun of it. But, you know, we're a running team. you got to run the ball. But if the passing game's there, however you can do to get points, it's what you got to do. Yeah, especially when you mentioned Justin Fields being the main starter for the Bears. I think that's – you know that it was going to happen soon. We talked about it beforehand. We knew it's because Matt Nagy, like we said, is in the hot spot. We know his organization. This team, this whole franchise, the city, they need a new fran- franchise quarterback. And obviously, hopefully – it can be Justin Fields in the future. I'm going to talk really quickly, Cruck, about one more game. And I'm looking at this because obviously the Chiefs have not been good. They've been 2-2 two and two so far, not the best so far. But um, the Bills and Chiefs game, I think, Sunday Night Football will be another big game to watch. I think it will be a good one to watch between – because the Bills right now, they have a couple of goose eggs, Cruck. They have let – you know, they have not let people score on their team. So that's going to be a big game for me, for me overall to see how both teams play. And I think, especially for the Chiefs, they need to find a way to get back on the horse still. You know what I mean? Get back on the horse and get on the winning streak, especially in this AFC West, which is loaded this year. So another game to watch for, too, as well. So, so yeah, uh, you know, talking about that game, the top three teams that are predicted to win the Super Bowl are the Chiefs, mm-hmm. the Buccaneers, and the Bills. So you have, you know, two Super Bowl contenders going at it in this primetime game. The Bills are 3-1, and one, the Chiefs. They're two and two, and you know everybody was talking after Brady absolutely whooped them in the Super Bowl that this was just going to be a revenge tour. Well, it looks like the Chiefs didn't tell everybody else to lose because you know they figured just throwing their helmet out there saying, "Hey, we're the Chiefs," everybody's just going to back down. Definitely not Definitely the case. Not. You know it's going to be in Kansas City, you know where we are. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it's a good enough game that we can hear the cheers all the way from the dorm room. <laughs> But um, and then we got to touch on one more Monday Night Football is the Colts and the Ravens, you know. And I honestly think this is going to be one of the better Monday Night Football games. Really, the Colts are one and three; they're not doing that great. But I feel like the Ravens are the kind of team that is over, you know, overconfident, almost like cocky. Like they just seem yeah. to have that kind of a, you know, a stereotype or an attitude for a team. And I think the Colts are going to be able to put up you know, maybe 17 points in the Ravens, they'll probably score between the 24 and the 31 range. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think here's the Colts. I mean, it's been a struggle for them, right? I'll say this real quickly is that obviously they didn't know if they had Carson Wentz a quarterback at the beginning of the year. They didn't know who the quarterback was. And obviously with him being back, only being one and three, obviously they got a lot to go and a lot of pieces. But I still think the Ravens will probably pull away because I still think Lamar Jackson will make some plays. Mark Andrews will make a play. Um, Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown uh, from USC is going to make a big play, I believe, in this game. So I think you'll see maybe a probably like a 27-17 kind of game. I think the Ravens will win. So it'll be a good game. I think Baltimore, though, is just on another level right now in the Colts grub. So. Yeah, and uh, moving forward, we're going to talk about college football. We're going to get to Avila football later, but right now, NCAA Division One football. Max, what are a couple of games that you are most looking forward to? Karak, I think the best college football game of this week is going to be happening in Iowa City, Iowa. Between Penn State and Iowa, that's a 4-3 matchup. Both, both teams in the top four. 
And right now, both of these teams are kind of teams that you don't expect right now, right? I mean, we all expected, like, my team, Ohio State, to probably be there. Right now, Penn State and Iowa are the two teams in the top representing the Big Ten. And that's probably because both of their defenses have only allowed under 20 points a game, with Penn State only allowing 12 points per game, and Iowa only allowing 11.6 points per game. So if you want defense, this game is for you. Definitely for you. Both This is Big Ten style of football. Three o'clock kind of game-ish. You know, it's going to be pretty cool atmosphere, I think, especially in Iowa City. You know, that's always a big college city to go to as well. I think a big key also for the game will be how Sean Clifford, the quarterback for Penn State, will play in this game. I think he's got to make a lot of plays using his arm and legs. He can run, too, be a running quarterback as well. And the wide receiver, too, that everyone, I think, probably should hear about is Jahan Dotson for Penn State. He's a wide receiver that can make a lot of plays, explosive out of the backfield, Make sometimes last year made a couple like one-handed catches last year, Crook. You know, he made some plays last year as well. So, and obviously Iowa's got to get Spencer Petrus going in the game. That's going to be a big key as well. So that's one game looking at Crook. What do you think about the Oklahoma Texas game? That's a big game as well this week. The Oklahoma Texas game. I think it's going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Oklahoma's undefeated, five and zero. Texas Longhorns four and one. You know. The Red River Showdown mm-hmm. always entertains. Always. High-powered offense this past couple of years. Oh, showdown. absolutely. I think Oklahoma is going to actually, you know, they're the higher seed, but that doesn't, I don't really factor that in, but I think they're going to win it. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I bet it's around 28 to 35, both teams. It's going to be, it's going to be a run em gun em showdown. It will be a high-scoring contest. Uh, another game that I want to touch on, this is actually my upset of the week. I'm calling Mississippi beats Arkansas. I think mm. Ole Miss is going to beat uh, Arkansas. And I just really like Ole Miss's offense. Mackerel. You know, mm. uh, the first first week they played without their head coach due to COVID restraints. And, you know, now they're just taking off. Now that they got somebody back, they're just taking off. And they're looking good, too. I think Arkansas is a good team. They definitely deserve to be ranked 13. I think Ole Miss kind of got a short end of the stick being at 17. So I'm going to call the upset. Ole Miss over Arkansas. Actually, I would agree with you with that pick, and here's why. Looking at Arkansas last week, they played Georgia, and it was supposed to be a big-time game, top-10 matchup. Oh, they didn't look like a top-10 team last week. They played bad against Georgia, and they lost, what is it, 37, 37 to nothing kind of range. It was still just wasn't good overall for Arkansas. And obviously, this is a game that they obviously want to get back. Want to get back on the good end of the high end of the stick, basically, and try to make some plays. But I think still Ole Miss is just another offense, too. It's, they're a good team. I really think Ole Miss is a good team. I mean, obviously, you got Alabama in the conference, so that's another big thing that's probably, you know, obviously losing to Alabama a lot over the years. But I still think that Ole Miss could be a team overall that could compete with other SEC teams. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Overall, that can make things happen, especially if you have Lane Kiffin still as your head coach. He's always been an offensive-minded head coach. Knows, knows the system of the SEC teams. He's been in the league a long time. So that's another thing I really want to see. And I'm picking Ole Miss, too, over Arkansas. Another game, still want to watch, too, Georgia versus Auburn. Another game, too, that I'm looking at. Auburn, obviously, having that big win over the weekend. So And playing Georgia, which I still think is one of the best defenses still out there in the country right now with Georgia. I still think Georgia's going to win against Auburn, but don't be surprised if it's a closer game than people expect. I think Auburn will keep it close and should be – I think a dogfight to the finish, Grub. Absolutely. And it would be wrong of us as a sports podcast not to talk about the number one team in the nation, 
Alabama taking on Texas A&M. I don't expect this game to be close after the first quarter. Uh, Texas A&M, I mean, you're 3-2, and two, but you're also taking on Alabama, which, you know, there is a big gap between college football and pro football, but this team, religiously, for like the last 20 years, that's about as close as an NFL team as you're going to get. Yeah, I mean, they've looked, I mean, Alabama's been good for the past couple of years. We all know that that's... It's just because of Nick Saban. We all know it's because of Nick Saban, his leadership and his organization as a coach. I think also it's, you know, it's going to be fun too because remember earlier in the year, like Jimbo Fisher was getting at uh, Nick Saban about, hey, we want to play football, you know, we're going to beat you this year. And Nick Saban's like, oh, what, in golf? <laughs> so overall, you already know they're already the backlash is going to happen in this game. But right now, Texas A&M is just, they don't have a quarterback right now. They don't have that quarterback that can help them out, lead them to the next level like Alabama has right now, Bryce Young. So that's a big key to me, Crook, I think. I still think Alabama wins this game by, yeah, like you mentioned, I think by three scores. I'm not calling two scores. I'm calling three scores in this game. I think it's just too much speed, too much firepower for the Crimson Tide. So, Absolutely. And moving forward, something absolutely major happening that we missed out because we took last week off. But the MLB postseason is here. Uh, we already got through the wild card games. In the NL wild card, the St. Louis Cardinals lost to the Dodgers, a score of three to one. Yep. And in the AL wild card, the Yankees fell to the Red Sox. Which one of those games do you want to tackle first, Max? Croc, I'm going to talk about I think the Dodgers and the Cardinals game. I think that game was overall it looked like a very close game. Like both pitchers were doing well. Scherzer and Wainwright were doing a great job throwing it. You know what I mean? I think, I think. Oh, but I think the Dodgers. Here's the thing: being at home. Being in front of those fans, I think knew you were knew, knowing something was going to happen. You just knew that possibly there could be something magical at the end of the game that happened. And believe it or not, it did with a walk-off home run with uh, Chris Taylor, with the two-run shot that won the game three to one. So obviously, I still think possibly now the Dodgers are still the team to possibly beat still in the NL. And I say that still because I still want because they still have the pedigree overall. And yes, the Giants are the best seed right now in the NL, but I still think the Dodgers, I think, could beat the, the Giants in this conference. I really do. I think they can beat them. I mean, they beat them before all the time in the regular season, so why not in the postseason? So that's what I believe in. I, I think the Dodgers um, will possibly go to the World Series. Possibly. We'll see. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, talking about that Chris Taylor home run. He is now... Nine for 71 in his last 71 plate appearances. Really? Wow. He has 30 strikeouts in that section, right? But that's the beauty of baseball. Just you know, if, you're, if your yeah. quarterback completed nine passes out of 71 attempts, you wouldn't have him in. Mm -hmm. If you only blocked a guy nine times out of 71 plays, you wouldn't have him in. Yeah. But in baseball, you put him in because you know at some point that streak has to stop. Mm hmm so they put him in there, two-run shot to seal the game. And, you know, there was this, – this year's trade deadline was massive in the MLB. We're not going to go into all the different trades, but mm -hmm. two, one, two people I want to really talk about, Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, leaving the Nationals and going to the Dodgers. The Nationals said they're like, Juan Soto is the only person who is off limits. Everybody else, give me your bid. And the Dodgers took these two, right? Mm -hmm. Juan Soto – done for the year, went and sat in the front row of this game to cheer on his ex-teammates. Wow. And was wearing a Trey Turner jersey, too. Good for him, man. That's cool. And it was 
you know, that's something that's bigger than baseball. That's bigger yeah. than sports. You know, being able to be there for your friends. Uh, looking at the other game, the Red Sox versus the um, Yankees, I thought the Red Sox were going to win it the whole way. I agree. It was closer than I wanted it to be, but, you know, at the end of the day, the Yankees just couldn't be consistent enough throughout the regular season that even if they made the postseason, they wouldn't have made it past the first round. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think that's – it's a shame, too, to say that for the Yankees, right? Because the Yankees are – I mean, when I think of the Yankees, that's a – prime organization right in baseball and that's a team obviously that fan base is known to possibly have a winning tradition i think overall i think it just like you mentioned before it just didn't come together the whole season i think especially with the two big hitters they have and judge and stan i think those guys just didn't overall come together and make possibly a spirit in this team you know what i mean possibly a spirit in this team to possibly make a run obviously in playoff time so but I think right now, I think looking now at the next matchups, right? Now we got what the Rays and the Red Sox, we got the White Sox and the Astros and the A in the yeah, A A L, my fault. Yeah, you're good. You're good. <laughs> in the A L. But um I think right now, looking at the Rays won five to nothing and the Astros won six to one in their first games. They'll play they have the second games tonight and then other going forward. But I think right now the Rays probably will probably win against the Red Sox. I think the Rays are just a team that Especially with how, I mean, they lost a couple of starting pitchers grow. You know what I mean? They lost some good pitchers from last year. But I think the Rays are just, I don't know, they're having something different about them. If you don't know this guy's name yet, Randy Arozarena. That guy, he, know, he is still a big bat for this team, makes a lot of plays. And guess what? He just hit two-run shot yesterday against the Red Sox in the first game. I think that's going to possibly be, you know, a big person for this offense. And then looking at, you know, the Astros and the White Sox, I think that's – I think the Astros, I mean, everyone's been talking about the Astros, but, oh, the, the sign-sealing scandal, you know, the cheating scandal. You know, people still haven't really respected the Astros, I think, in a sense. But now I think maybe now, okay, well, maybe if they try to get themselves back into the World Series, maybe they find something where, you know, they get something back for credibility-wise. I think people are going to respect the Astros again and see this team, it doesn't – you know, they still overall – are a good team overall in postseason and how they play. So I think that's a big thing. And right now, at the moment, I still think that possibly the going into the ALDS, I think possibly it will be the Rays and the Astros. I think right now both of those teams are playing their best ball right now. And I think both of those teams are, you know, looking like the two teams I'll represent in that in that division right there. So you want to talk about the NL? Uh, yeah, I'll break down the NL. So the two the two major matchups that you got in the NL, well, the two only matchups, are the um, MLB's best record, the San Francisco Giants, taking on the MLB's second best record, who had to play in a wild card game, mm -hmm. the Dodgers. Looking at that matchup, you know, Urias will be pitching for the Dodgers. Always been a fan of him. You know, he's a really good pitcher. Ended up closing the door when they won the uh, World Series. Mm -hmm. Going against um, Kevin Guzman. Guzman's been having a pretty good year this year. You know, he's got an ERA of 2.81. Hmm. He's got uh, just about 230 strikeouts. In his last seven games, though, he's been falling off the wagon. He's pitching over four ERA. Uh, he's only gotten 51, or not only, but he has 51 strikeouts. And he's given up 18 earned runs. So that's going to be a tough one. Looking at uh, Julio Urias, uh, left-handed guy. 
He's got a 2.2 ERA in the last seven games. So he's been on a hot streak when he's pitching. He's 6-0 and in that period, only giving up 10 runs and striking out 42 people. So first game, I would give it to the Dodgers because the Dodgers have that confidence coming from the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, the Giants are well-rested, but it's been a while since they've had this group of people together or these people have been in the playoffs Exactly. So sometimes it's better to keep going mm-hmm. than it is to, you know, take a break. Basically like the underdog, you know what I mean? I think the Dodgers, especially feeling like the Giants last year. Remember the Giants last year were just, they were not at this stage of this year. So obviously having that in mind, the Dodgers are going to come in this way way more confidence, I believe, to possibly beat the Giants. So Absolutely. And then the other side of the bracket, where we're looking at, you know, the Braves taking on my Milwaukee Brewers. And, you know, I was breaking this down for somebody earlier this week. If we can keep it to a low-scoring game, the Brewers have a better chance than the Braves. The Braves are high-scoring. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll give up two, three runs a game, but we're going to score four, five, six. So Max Freed is pitching for um, the Braves. He's a left-handed pitcher. In his last seven games, he's been pitching it really well. He's 3-0. and He's got a sub-2 ERA, and he struck out 41 guys. But on the season, he has an over three ERA. Mm-hmm. He's got 160 strikeouts, and he is 14 and seven. So not a bad outing for him. Mm-hmm. But he's taking on one of the best pitchers in the league. Not saying that just because he's a Brewer, but because this year he's stepped it up tremendously. Brandon Woodruff is nine and one, so not the best record you could ask for. But he has a 2.56 ERA, and he's got 211 strikeouts. And wow. this man is in the, you know, he was in the talks for Cy Young Award. Mm-hmm. Actually, three of the starting rotation for the Brewers at one point were in the talks for the Cy Young. It ended up just whittling down to um, Woodruff at the very bottom. Corbin Burns was around fifth or sixth. You know, Josh Hader, they threw him in there late in the game as a relief pitcher for the Cy Young. But, you know, the pitching for the Brewers. For the longest time growing up, we needed pitching. That's all mm-hmm. we needed. Now that we have it, now we just need to get our bats going again. So, you know, I think the Dodgers are going to win uh, the first game of the NLDS, and I think that the uh, Braves are going to win, or excuse me, the Brewers are going to win the first game of the NLDS for them. Yeah, I think, I mean, just quickly, I'm going to sum up how I think about the Braves and Brewers series. I think, like you mentioned before, I think that the Braves are going to be, they're a high-powered offense, right? they got Ronald Acuna Jr. as one of the faces of their team. I think he's going to probably have to be, if you're pitching especially, knowing that pitching staff, you've definitely got to know how to pitch to him. You can't pitch him, possibly inside pitches, can't pitch him outside, you know what I mean? You've got to put him right in the strike zone and try to get him where he doesn't feel comfortable. But I think probably I'm going to pick overall, I'll probably pick going in the NLDS as the two teams, Looking at it right now is the Dodgers, like we talked about confidence-wise, playing with the Giants. But I'm going to pick the Braves. And I picked the Braves because I think there's something about them this year that they want to do. And I think, I think the Braves have something, especially with, their, with possibly their pitching staff, and if they can get the offense going again, I think it would possibly be good. So I see possibly Braves and Dodgers heading into the next round. We'll see what happens. Yeah, so if Ronald Acuna Jr. was playing, I would give it to the Braves every day of the week. But since he's out... I'm going to take the Brewers. You know, you got mm-hmm. people like Jock Peterson, you know, played with the Dodgers in that one postseason, did pretty good. But 
you know, you also got people like Jorge Soler, who I don't think is actually, you know, as good as what they say he is. He was with the Royals. He did break the Royals, you know, their club record for home runs. Yeah. But I think he's overrated personally. Um, yeah. So that's I have the Dodgers and the Brewers in the NLCS, and then I have the Dodgers making it to the World Series. The other side of the bracket, I have the Rays beating the Red Sox. I have the Astros beating the Sox. And then I actually have the um, Astros going back to the World Series. I think the Astros hmm. could beat the Rays in the ALCS. But, you know, Dodgers, Astros, I'm going to give it back. to the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's bringing back um, the rivalry that we happened beforehand, especially. So I think that could possibly happen. I think, though, it probably, looking at the Rays still again, I still see something with the Rays. I think the Rays are a team that, you know, they just have something back with them, especially losing the people that I mentioned before. I think the Rays, I think, will make it back to the World Series. And I think, I still think the Dodgers will find a way to make it there. So I see another re rematch from last year. I see the Dodgers and Rays um, going back to the World Series. And I think the Dodgers, I'm going to say it, I think Dodgers will win it. Well, there's only one way to find out, and you got to watch the game. So make sure to watch it on MLB Network, uh, TBS, as well as Fox Sports 1. Yes, sir. Moving forward, it is homecoming week at Avalon University. Uh, Max and I have been partaking in all the festivities so far. Yes, we have. We, uh, we tried to do karaoke a couple nights yeah, ago, but they know, wouldn't play our song. Yeah. It was a tough one. Yeah. But, um, yeah, women's soccer is taking on Oklahoma Westland today, and... Oklahoma Westland is ranked number nine. Avila unranked. I know it's yeah. brutal. Uh, men's soccer is taking on Oklahoma Westland as well. They're ranked number three. Avila unranked. Unranked. And then Avila is ranked in football. Maybe uh, we're ranked 22, and we're taking on number 10, Kansas Westland. So let's tackle the women's game first. Max, how do we measure up against the number nine overall Oklahoma Westland? Well, I mean, I think possibly, you know, being a, obviously playing a ranked team, right? You're going to have to, I think you got to play with aggression, I think, right? I think possibly, I think possibly Morgan Petlin and all the offense players have to make um, an attack first in the ball against this team. Because obviously playing a ranked team, you can't obviously take them lightly. They know what they're doing. They have a structure, you know what I mean? So that's going to have to be the key. I think obviously you're going to have to, um, play a good defense in the back line too. I think obviously playing a team like that, you have to have um, stops all the way around. I think that's a big part of the game. And the goalie, uh, Matt, Madison Baker, better make some saves. You know what I mean? Because they're going to be coming right at her all the time. She's going to have to be ready for them. So she's going to have to have a great game in order, I think, to possibly for us to pull the upset. But, you know, it's sometimes it's a t hard task to do, Croc, against a ranked team. But you never know. It's, that's why we play, right? I mean, you're absolutely right. Avila coming off of a win against Ottawa, a 2-0 win where Morgan Petlin had both goals. Yeah. Um, looking at Oklahoma Westland's players, you know, they have two really good players who both play. Uh, one plays midfielder and one's a forward. I'm looking at number 10, Nikessa. She's a midfielder. Um, honestly, pretty good. She played 84 minutes of a 90-minute game, so she doesn't need to come out at all. And then number 11, uh, Maria, she's a forward. She had two um, goals against St. Mary's, and she had three assists as well. So, I mean, overall, this team is honestly looking pretty good. Um, it's going to be a tough matchup because Avila women's soccer, you know, they've taken a hit as of recent. 
so far in the year they're four seven and one the one draw coming against Bethel College it was a two two game mm-hmm. going into overtime entertaining game for sure it absolutely was, was. Yeah. Um, but honestly it just depends how quickly uh, the women's team or excuse me how quickly Avila can get their offense started yeah they can get their offense started and they can put up the number of shots they like to in a game I think Oklahoma Westland might be getting an upset factor. I don't want to get ahead of myself and say, you know, the number nine team in the nation is going to fall to yeah. an unranked team. But Avila, when they put up the number of shots they normally do in a game, which shots on goal is generally around 10, 11, shots in general is generally around 30 shots a game. Wow. So Avila, when they're on offense, they know how to, you know, get the ball in the right situation to at least make the goalie sweat it. Now, Oklahoma Westland is a high-powered offense. They generally score between three and five goals a game, which is a lot in soccer. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I go to Avila. I got to cheer for the home team. I actually got to announce the game later, so I'm going to cheer for Avila. Wish you luck there, Crook. I'm going to quickly talk about the men's team, too, obviously playing against um, Oklahoma Westland as well. Now, if we remember from last year, I know it's – it was not a great game, obviously, last year when the team played. Um, obviously, losing, I, I will say this, they did lose 27 to nothing. Yeah, you heard me right. This is not football we're talking about here. This is soccer we're talking about, 27 to nothing. Obviously, that's got to be in the back of their minds, right? You know, you can, obviously, they know this season that they will probably, hopefully, not do ever happen that again. So, but obviously, you can't obviously sleep in Oklahoma Wesley. Both looks like they have a soccer program pretty well both in the organizations and I think possibly now after losing that game last year you definitely hope they got defensive changes so I hope they got you know deep defensive changes on that side and obviously it's I it's just like the women's team you know the men's team right now is 1-7-2 and two. they're 0-4-2 right now in the KCAC play it's obviously not the season that they obviously want right now so far but hey maybe they somehow just somehow crook maybe they get a little upset possibly against the number three team um, it's not looking likely, but you know you can't ever you know. turn down the opportunity there. Um, just going to take a quick look at men's soccer. Uh, the last game they played was against Bethany. They ended up winning that four to one, um, and there were a decent amount of cards given out. Actually, the team received a yellow card and a red card. Excuse me, Bethany's team received a yellow card and a red card. Uh, three other players for Bethany received yellow cards. And then two players for Ottawa actually, or excuse me, two players for Oklahoma Westland reserved, uh, received yellow cards. Number five, uh, Julio Bello, a midfielder, got a yellow card. And then number 16, Gadillo, actually got a yellow card as well. Wow. And both of those players mentioned, um, you know, they played the majority of the game. Looking at the players who scored the goals for them, number 32, Lucas uh, Muaro, he actually had two goals. So he's going to be somebody that they're going to look to get hot as well. And then you know they have a midfielder, uh, Stefan Lukic. He had one goal. He had seven shots on goal and seven shots. So, you know, they have people who can shoot the ball. They're not afraid to do it either. Um, but, yeah, you talked about it last year, 27-0. and 0. If this Avila team, you know, if they start losing again, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets pretty chippy. Yeah. 
because you don't come into another man's house and start throwing up 27 points in uh, soccer yeah, and expect to walk out. Yeah, walk out. Not know. to say Avila's going to play dirty, but, you know, from a football player's perspective, when, you know, when it starts to hit the fan, you start to go. Mm-hmm. Speaking of football, it's transitioning to that. Avila football is ranked number 22. Uh, we were higher, but we had an unfortunate loss to Southwestern. Uh, Southwestern. So, or excuse me, Avila is 24. My apologies. We had an unfortunate loss to Southwestern. And now we're taking on number 10, Kansas Wesleyan University. This is a rivalry for us. And, you know, most people wouldn't know it. Looking, looking back at the games previous, we lost by three points. By one of the luckiest field goals I've ever seen yeah. in my, you know, collegiate football career in 2018. In 2019, we lost by one point. We actually went for the two-point conversion mm-hmm. and then ended up losing it because uh, an arid pass. And then last year, we went to their house and we beat them by eight points. And, you know, Coach Benavidez, unfortunately, won't be at the game tomorrow. He's yes. dealing with some personal uh, personal issues, health-related uh, I believe it's COVID, uh, but I don't want to spread rumors. And, um, you know, he likes to take pictures of the scoreboard afterwards. And he still has a picture of both 2019 and 2018 Avila versus K-Dub scoreboards in his office as wow. motivation. After we won the game in 2020, um, he tried to take a picture of the scoreboard. Kansas Westland turned it off so quickly because they were embarrassed. <laughs> they were embarrassed to lose to Avila. So... You know, looking at it, 22 Avila versus 10 Kansas Westland. This is going to be a good game. This should be a game that people yeah. who, you know, whether you like Avila or you like Kansas Westland, doesn't matter. You should tune into it because it's going to be a good game. Yeah. Everybody's dealing with adversity, so you just got to you gotta make sure what you're going to do works. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be, I think, obviously there's a lot of things going in this game, right? Obviously for us, we want to try to win another conference championship. And overall, and I think that's another important part. And obviously, we got to beat Kansas Wesleyan this week, and then we can't, like I said, look forward ahead for Bethel possibly next week. Two big teams um, overall in the conference that we obviously got to find a way to beat. And I think this week, especially for our team playing Kansas Wesleyan, it's going to be a high, lot of emotions. Obviously, this week here at our school, we had homecoming week at our school, so obviously that was a big thing. So there'll be a lot of things going on on campus, right? A lot of things going on. A lot of actions, activities. We got to be all focused on this game. You know what I mean? We got to be focused on this game because right now, if we do lose another game, it's probably most likely that we will not make the playoffs, being a two loss and obviously not being a conference uh, champion. You know what I mean? So I think that's a big thing. I think overall, it's got to be both sides, right? Defense is going to have to come out and, you know, we have a game plan of different blitzes throughout the week. Um, possibly changing the format. And obviously, we got to be able to stop this quarterback. He's a scrambling quarterback, likes to move around the pocket. And obviously, we got to stop one of their star receivers, Stevie Williams. That is a guy we have to stop right away because he's a tall receiver, and he's one of their top receivers, one of the top receivers in the KCAC, in the NEI. And he's going he's gonna to probably he'll make some plays. But obviously, like I mentioned before, we have to adjust with it, make formations throughout the game. I think that will be a key. Um, I just want to quickly ask, what is kind of the game plan for offense? Like, what are we looking at this week for the offensive side? Offensively, uh, their main claim to fame on the defensive side is they're down four linemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they think that their four linemen are better than any other team's O-line. And 
you know, to start the week off, we were looking at it and everybody that they had in the box, you know, they're thinking about they're better than us. And, you know, we had an All-American, C.J. Cunningham, ended up getting hurt. Yes. So he won't be playing in tomorrow's game. So we've had a bunch of different people checking out center. We actually moved a tackle in, you know, trying to get some new looks. He was the most comfortable there. So it's going to be interesting to see if the O-line can click, you know, mesh in time for the game. Um, but, you know, uh, Kyle Dorio, KD, he's kind of – he's hurt right now. His shoulder's not in it. So we got Peyton Burke starting at quarterback. Um, you know, Nesbitt dealing with injuries throughout all year. He's going to end up playing tomorrow. Logan Freeman, one of our star wide receivers, just got back from the COVID list mm-hmm. yesterday. So Literally yesterday. He'll yeah. be getting some, you know, some reps here or there. But, you know, altogether – we just have to be able to, if we can make the run game successful, we can open up the entire offense. That's the one thing that we have to make sure is working, is successful, and then we can have it to where we can do, you know, as much as we want to running-wise, and then the passing game, hit quick slants. We can go for deep balls. We can do all of it because we're not really afraid of their DBs. From what, the, from gotcha. what I've heard, mm-hmm. we're not afraid of Kansas Westland's DBs. Gotcha, gotcha. I think that's true what you mentioned before is I think our offense, which leads what I watch, right, is a team that's related on the run game. I think Nesbitt is a thing. If we can get the running game like you mentioned before and then get those passes, especially with Burke, especially watch out for Burke's running ability in the game. He's going to try to scramble, make some plays. I think that's going to be important as well for the offense, I think. Absolutely. And that's going to do it for us here at Crunch Time with Cruck. We'll see you hopefully next week. Um, You know, I'm thinking about dyeing my hair green this time, Max. What do you think? Well, we'll see how it goes, Crook. You know, the red looks good on you right now. I mean, that's all I got to do. Tried to match the jersey, you know? Yeah, you know, match the color pretty well, so. Thank you. Till next time, this is Crook. That's Mad Max. Stay classy.